Lord, thank you. Uh, Father, we don't, we don't just give thanks on Thanksgiving or during Thanksgiving week, but tis the season nonetheless to, to really stop and reflect in Thanksgiving. So even as we're going to continue to talk a little bit about uh, being thankful today, Lord, I, we're just thankful for the day you've made and for every blessing in it. Father, I thank you, God, for the, the proclamation and faith even that Gary read out, Father, that we, that we agree with your word over our lives. And Father, we want to we do our part in being generous and obedient to meet, to meet all the, the requirements necessary for you to rend the heavens and pour out blessing, Lord, as you promised. So thank you, God, for, uh, for every good and perfect gift that comes from our Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you want to turn in your Bibles to the book of Philippians, it's a small one towards the back, starts with a P. I'm giving you hints, all the hints I can give you. I can tell you what page it's on in my Bible, but that joke got old. So anyways, today, we're, uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about uh, uh, a message on trusting God. How many of you are here for that? I trust you were here. Um, I'm really trying to put to practice what I preach. But uh, today, we're just kind of doing sort of a part two to that this morning, just calling it Be Anxious for Nothing and the War Against Understanding. That'll make more sense here uh, in, in a moment. But um, I'm going to read this passage from Philippians 4. It's uh, Philippians 4, verses 6 through 8. It'll be on the screens if you uh, forgot your Bible at home. My dad used to say, forgetting your Bible at home on church is like forgetting your pants when you go to school. Um, so you've had those dreams or those nightmares before, and you show up at school with no pants, and for some reason you still get out of the car. But um, anyways, that's good. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Amen. I'm going to tell you a story, um, something that happened this week, and uh, I'm going to give you a precursor to that story by telling you another story um, of something that happened a couple years ago. If you've been in my home group, you've probably heard this story because uh, I've shared it. It's an amazing testimony. And if not, you should join a home group, but you're going to hear it now anyways. Um, hey, so uh, I used to drive a school bus for Leander ISD when we were planting uh, Agape Life Church in Leander, driving the bus with no problem. Driving 70 kids was usually a problem. But, uh, but Pastor Glenn knows the, the people are like, ooh, is that hard? I'm like, operating the bus is easier than operating a car in a lot of regards. But operating the bus when you're supposed to keep 70 kids in their seats and keep them from licking each other and doing all this stuff. <laughs> Anyways, that's another thing. So I'm in the, in the morning. It's like 6 o'clock in the morning. The routes start real early. I'm doing my pre-trip. So I'm walking around the bus, just checking all the tires and everything. And I have a flashlight. And I'm not looking under the bus, but as I'm walking, my light is shining under the bus and I, something glimmers back at me and I, for some reason, stopped. And it's like six o'clock in the morning and I'm doing this very thorough pre-check on my butt and like, I, I wouldn't have noticed anything. And this thing, shined, so I got underneath and it's underneath the bus, so I crawled underneath the bus and, I, and it was a diamond. It was, it's a composite diamond, you know, it's not, it may be worth 35 bucks, but something that you'd find in just a, in an earring or something like that. I know because I went and got it looked at. <laughs> And, uh, 
And so, and I was like, I found a diamond. And I was at this time, just especially just really hypersensitive in the spirit, just, just hearing the Lord, needing to hear the Lord. We were planting a church and it requires just faith that I didn't have yet. And so uh, I'm just, Lord, what is it? So I kept it in my little cup holder. I do my route. I get back in my car. Kaylee calls me. It was, hey, pray for Jesse is a friend of ours. Pray for Jesse. Uh, she lost the ring out of her, uh, or diamond out of her wedding ring. The one I found was not hers, just in case you're wondering. Um, and so she lost the big rock out of the middle of her ring, and she was just distraught. She was a girl that's on our team. She moved from California with us. And, uh, and I said, okay. And I'm driving home, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to find the diamond because I just found one, like, underneath my bus. So that, that's probably the Lord going, like, this is yours. You're going to, you know, this is for you. And so I called Jesse and I said, hey, can I come over and look for your diamond? She goes, Nate, she goes, I don't even know where I, I don't even know where I lost it. It could have been at a store. It could, I, don't, I don't even know. I'm just devastated. And I said, I'd like to, I said, can I come? She goes, yeah, you can come over. I'm having a Bible study, I, um, but, uh, but you can come over. And I said, well, don't mind me. And so I went over to her house and I spent, I spent an hour and a half at least, if not two hours, I went through her vacuum filter she because she had vacuumed before she realized that she had lost it i went through her washing machine i crawled the entire perimeter of her house i combed through her carpet through her bed sheets through every everything and uh and i stopped and it was about an hour and a half or two hours into it and i just stopped and i said lord i said where's the where's the diamond jesse was pretty sure it was either in her house or she had lost it out in a store and uh i said lord where's it at and i, I just saw a picture in my head of their car and so I said, Jess, can I see your car keys? And so I went out to her car and I was looking um, in, around her seat and everything and everywhere where she's at. And, and I just felt like, I felt like I wasn't looking in the right spot. And I said, Lord, and the Lord said, check the back seat. And so I looked underneath the back, underneath the back seat where she spends no time um, was her diamond. And uh, found it and brought it to her. And she was... You can imagine. Everyone who wears a wedding ring goes, knows exactly how that might, may have felt. So anyways, earlier this week, we were down in San Marcos for a few minutes and went down and back. And uh, anyways, we got in the car and Kaylee goes, oh my gosh, I lost one of my diamonds out of my ring. And uh, she has a, a, I had my, my grandma had my, my grandpa was a jeweler and he made a pendant for my grandma and my grandma died. My aunt got it. I bought that pendant for my aunt and had a ring made for Kaylee with it. So they were my grandma's diamonds, very special. And, um, anyway, so she, she had lost one of the small ones. She just noticed that it was gone. And, uh, and she goes, I feel like it just fell out. And I'm like, so we went through the car and we weren't, but it, we didn't find it. And this was on Wednesday. And so, uh, I had, right there, I had an opportunity to decide how I was going to behave in that situation. Kaylee had an opportunity to decide how to react in that situation. And I, the only reason I tell you this story is because this is a win. I might share a couple of defeats with you too, but this is a win where, where Kaylee and I both were, I mean, we're crushed. This is my, you know, it's sentimental value. It's her, it's her engagement rate. There's so much attached to this, but it's also just a thing. It really is. When at the end of the day, you can't take it with you, right? And it doesn't mean it's not important. It's very important, but it was just a thing. And by the grace of God, both of us were able to draw, to, to land on that. 
And we were like, well, and so I just asked, the Lord. So I said, Lord, could you show us where it's at? And then I left it. I didn't try, I didn't sit there and like try to squeeze an answer out of the Lord. Like I just, I, Lord, you're going to show. And when I got home, I spent about 30 or 45 minutes going through the car, didn't find it. I spent about 30 or 45 minutes going through our house, crawling through, do everything that I did at Jesse's house, I did in our house, nothing. And uh, I went, he's going to, he'll show us where it's at. And we just didn't worry about it. We didn't think about it anymore. So yesterday um, I was up, many of you know, I, I was in construction or am in construction. And uh, so I've spent a lot of time on ladders in really, really high places. And it has never really made an issue to me. So I'm putting up Christmas lights on my house. I borrowed Ashton's ladder. Uh, he's got a real tall extension ladder so I can get to the peak. And I crawl up to the peak and I'm getting ready to staple it and my legs start shaking. Last time that my legs shook on a ladder, I was 19 years old. I was, I was up on a third story balcony. We built scaffolding off of a house on the third story, ran a plank across the front of the house, had two extension ladders going off that plank, a plank in between them and a ladder in between that plank. And I was drilling over my head and the drill caught and it threw me and I almost fell off. That was the last time that my legs shook on a ladder. For about a week after that, I'd take one step on a ladder and my legs would go. And I was like, okay, okay. It was stupid. I shouldn't have been up there doing it anyways, but I was young and dumb and invincible. So, um, but I got up there and I started to feel like this again. And I was like, this is new. What, and what's the problem? So I sat there and I was like, this is stupid or it's demonic. I'm like praying in tongues, you know, <laughs> this is stupid. I'm not afraid, <laughs> you know? And so I get down off the ladder and I was like, ah, I'm just going inside for a minute. So I went inside, Kaylee's getting Zeke dressed right in the entry of our bedroom, which I had vacuumed the day before vacuum the whole house. And uh, I squat down and I'm saying hi to Zeke and I look down and right in the carpets are diamond. Right, right where I vacuumed. And, uh, and I, and I stopped and I stop and I, this is, this is seriously my look because I, I picked it up because it's just sitting right there on top. Should have easily been vacuumed up. And Kaylee's like, is that my diamond? I said, yeah, this is your diamond. And I pulled all the kids around and we told them about how good God was. Because either two things, two things happened. Either in the night, it was just a gift. You know, it was there the whole time. The Lord directed me to it by making me shaky when there was a time when I would have gone inside. And, you know, either that explanation or it wasn't there. She lost it somewhere else and he put it there. Yeah. I don't care which one it was. <laughs> He's still good. It's the same goodness, same measure of power at work in both cases. Yeah. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we have it now, now we need to see about getting it fixed. But listen, listen, the response is what I want to center in on today. The re- and I'm not, I'm not saying, look how good we did it. That's not it. It's, it's look at what happens when we obey or take God at his word. When he says, be anxious for nothing, it's possible to not be anxious for nothing. He doesn't command us to do things and not enable us with the power to do them. It doesn't say, children, obey your parents if you don't have the capability to obey your parents. He doesn't say it. That's just not what he does. And so when he says, be anxious for nothing, it means that it's possible to be anxious for nothing. How many of you have experienced anxiety or worry in your life at least once? Good. Honesty. This is a good... So I have too, a lot, even last night. It's how the Lord, it's how I knew that I was supposed to, to preach with the, this message was the, the, the anxiety that I was floundering in last night, like a foolish little whatever. 
Um, oftentimes in anxiety and worry, what, how that manifests, it manifests physically in a lot of different ways. Sometimes your heart will beat fast, you get sweaty, or you just uh, you feel stressed and everything's tense. But a lot of the times it actually manifests out of our mouth. Um, and and we, we want to, we want to um, let people know and let ourselves know that our anxiety is justified. Okay, so we, we, can, we try to convince ourselves, try to convince God, try to convince others that what we're, it's like, yeah, 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 I know, be anxious for nothing, but here's my situation, as if God didn't think of your situation. <laughs> it's like, oh, shoot, when I said that, I never thought that they would experience that. No, 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 but, but we do that. And a lot of the times, that's how I catch myself doing it, is I'll catch myself saying something that I've preached not to say. <laughs> That I've, I've actually taught people not to talk like, and then I catch myself talking like that, and I'm like, I'm dumb. You know, you know I don't do this self-pity thing, but it's how I catch it. I, man, I hear it coming out of my mouth. I can hear my anxiety coming out of my mouth, my worry. That's right. Got a couple in your notes here. There's, there's six parts of this verse I want to break down uh, because really this is a... This is a very easy verse to understand. It's very simple, but it's very hard to apply. And I just, I want to encourage you guys to, to, to really, really um, zero in here on these, on these six points. Be anxious for nothing. We already said it's possible to not be anxious. That's the first one, number one. Anxiety and worry is a result of wanting. Do you guys know what Psalm 23 verse one says? What does it say? The Lord is my... I shall not, there you go. Or some, of, some, of, some versions say, I shall not be in want. So anxiety or worry usually comes from a place of wanting. Now, oftentimes it comes from wanting to understand something. Okay, needing to understand the future, needing to know what's gonna happen next, needing to know how a situation's gonna play out, needing to know how much money you're gonna make, needing to know what job you're gonna be in, needing to know if your kids are gonna turn out okay. Needing to, you guys see what I'm doing? You need to know. Well, you know what the Lord says? No, you don't. <laughs> Do you know why? He does. <laughs> he knows. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So go backwards with me. If we are in want, then what? He's not your shepherd in that area of your life. So you actually don't. So when, when I'm sitting, I'm worrying about my finances and I'm, and I'm anxious and I don't have a financial problem. I have a lordship problem. Do you see? If the Lord's my shepherd, then I shall not be in want. So if I'm in want, well, then he didn't change. But I have not made him shepherd or Lord of my life in that area. Doesn't mean you're not saved. Just means that that area of your life hasn't been surrendered to the shepherding or to the lordship of God. Okay. Did you guys know that sheep can die from anxiety. Did you know that? Some people call it that sheep die of fright. So they die of anxiety. So oftentimes if, they're, if there's a dog loose or a wolf or something and they're, the, the sheep, they get so confused and so stressed that they will, they will crush themselves into a big ball. And often if they don't die and they miscarry their babies when, when that happens, and they, if they don't die in the crushing, they later die of the shock 
from the anxiety of not knowing what to do in that situation. They, they die. Do you think that it is a coincidence that the Lord uses the shepherd sheep analogy when he talks about anxiety and worry? I don't. I don't because I think that anxiety is that big of a deal. I don't think anxiety is one of those things that it's like, well, yeah, I'm anxious, but like, you know, uh, whatever. First world problems. No, this is like a, this is like a big deal. Anxiety can kill you. Anxiety, we know anxiety can kill humans, okay? So it, can definitely, it can definitely take us out spiritually, physically, emotionally. We have to guard against it. Matthew 6, 25 through uh, 34, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And let me just stop right there. Yes, you are. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No, but you can take them away. <laughs> okay, we just said that. Anxiety is not good for your health. And why do you, uh, verse 28, why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Verse 30, if that is how God clothes, clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Who shall I marry? What job shall I have? How am I going to pay that bill? That was the Nate version. Verse 32, for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Seek first. Verse 33, here's the punchline. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Somebody taught one time, actually Mike Johnson at a men's breakfast before I even uh, was, a, was a pastor here. He, I came to a men's breakfast here that he was teaching at. And uh, he, he said, did you know that it's possible to, to not be anxious? And he goes, because the Lord's given you grace for today. And so when you're anxious, you're trying to tap into tomorrow's grace that isn't here yet. And, it, and it's true. That's, that's that wanting or that needing to know about, well, what about tomorrow? What about the next day? What about that worrying is actually because we're not living and operating out of the grace that's for today, which it says right here. It says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's gonna worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I loved that. And it really stuck with me and helped me. I went, oh, that's, because I would just be like, I'm anxious, I'm anxious. I know I'm not supposed to be anxious, but I'm anxious. Well, it's because I haven't actually done my part to stop worrying yeah. and to stop consume, having my mind consumed with thoughts about needing to understand what's gonna happen tomorrow. Is this making sense? Yeah. Okay. Number two, everything by prayer and supplication. Your, your version might say petition, but basically it's this humbly approaching the throne with a question. Here's what I want. Here's what I need. Lord, please. Okay, everything by prayer and supplication. You guys know that song, uh, uh, oh, the chorus, or the, maybe it's the pre, I think it's the chorus. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. It's right, it's right out of this verse in Philippians. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And oh, what needless pain we bear. 
It's pain that we're basically is like unnecessary because we don't carry everything to God in prayer. If I prayer, if I pray without ceasing or I'm in this constant place of just open communication with the Lord. Okay, it doesn't mean your mouth is moving all the time. It means your ears are open all the time. It means your heart is open all the time. Most of my praying is done in the Holy Spirit. Just I pray in tongues a lot, you know, just, just open communication with the Lord. Just whatever you want to say, I'm listening. Okay, so when we're, when we're in that place, that constant place of hearing with the Lord, it's a lot easier to take things that are small and things that are big to God. Okay, it's easy to cut it off at the pass, catch an issue before it turns into anxiety, catch it and go, Lord, here's what's going on. Lord, I just found out, I just found out that we got this huge bill and we don't have the money to pay, but it's not due for three days. So I'll let three days from now, I'll let three days grace, that's a band. I'll let three, three days from now, I'll let that grace take care of that, but I'm going to operate in today's grace. It's a conscious decision. Then you have to go down and, and meditate on the things that Paul tells you to meditate so that your mind doesn't wander into anxiety, okay? But it's, it's when you're in that place of communication with the Lord, when the things hit you out of left field, when you're already there with the Lord, you immediately take it and go, everything to you, everything to you. You cast your care on him because he cares for you. Is that making sense? Part number three, with thanksgiving. Just like Pastor Glenn admonished, us last week, which is really good, that it's really, really easy to even go to the Lord with complaining. Okay? Complaining is kind of like the opposite of Thanksgiving. All right? And so last, last week we had testimonies, if you guys heard them. Pastor Glenn talked about the, the dangers of complaining, but then we had these great testimonies of Thanksgiving, which built, you know, built my faith. Hopefully they built yours too. So when, when, when Paul writes here, he says, everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We can't leave that part out, okay? We're not thankful for every circumstance, okay? There's a terrible thing happening. You don't go, thank God. Thank you, Lord, for this terrible thing that's happening because it's not from him, okay? So don't thank him for things that aren't from him, but you can thank him in every single circumstance, as a matter of fact, that's where the greatest power comes, okay, is thanking him in the midst of the junk. And on top of a, a sacrifice of praise, being thankful when things are tough and things are hard, you're only able to do that this side of heaven because things aren't going to be hard in heaven, okay? They sing in the upper room, that this girl she's singing this morning, I was listening, she goes, we'll give thanks forever. We'll give, we're going to give thanks forever. I'm like, yeah, but it's not going to be a sacrifice. It's, it's going to be fun. You know, it's going to be easy. I'm not going to have to go, oh, Lord, today sucks. I just thank you, though. I thank you that you're good. And I thank you. Like, I don't have to, I don't have to fight in heaven because it's easy. And so I, I encourage you to tap into the power of thanksgiving in the midst of the junk right now. And that's what, that's what we're doing here. Okay, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And I'll let the next part, number four, let your requests be made known to God. James 4, verses 2 through 3. You don't have to turn there. It'll be up on the screen if you need it. It says, you do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. God is a big boy, okay? He can handle your junk. 
He can handle your big things, your small things, your embarrassing things, and your things that you don't know what to do with. Okay, when we, when we have an issue, this week we had an issue. The, ring, the diamond got lost out of the ring. I could have gone very easily into, well, of course this happens to us. Of course, uh, I'm a pastor. This kind of stuff always happens to pastors. Of course, this, uh, of course it's Thanksgiving week. No, yeah, I'm supposed to be thankful in the midst of my wife losing her diamond. You guys see that I'm not changing the truth of what happened with what I said. I'm not in denial about what happened. I'm, I've just taken it and, and made it worry, complain, be just, I, I've taken it, instead of going, oh, well, this isn't good. Well, Lord, what do you want us to do? I, Lord, we have an issue here, like he doesn't know. We have an issue here. We lost, the re- we lost the diamond. It's important to us. If you could show us where it's at, we would love that. And then we just leave it alone because he heard it. We took it to, and then I'm not anxious. So I'm able to keep going in Thanksgiving. It's the day before Thanksgiving, you know, which was funny. And we know what was cool, and I promise you this is true. Kaylee and I both forgot about the diamond until we found it. Have, have you, has any of you ladies ever lost your diamond or ring or jewelry? Yeah, a couple of you. It's terrible. How do you forget it? She, we, we, I, I looked down and I got it on the carpet and, she, and Kaylee's like, huh, wait a minute. Like you could tell like it just came back to her. I had completely forgotten about it. I had stopped because I wasn't worrying about it. It's freeing. All the things that Paul's about to promise here are true. That God promises. Let your request be made known to God. Take what is on your mind, what is on your heart, and make a request to him. Number five, the peace of God which passes or surpasses all understanding. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Listen, we want to understand because understanding pretty much takes no faith and no trust. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with an intellectual understanding of things. That's not the point. But the point of, of me needing to figure things out and understand what tomorrow, all those things that I listed. Well, who, where am I going to work? How am I going to make money to pay for that? Who... Who am I going to have a relationship with? Are my kids going to turn out okay? All those things. I need to know. I need to know. Well, you need to know because it's easier to know than it is to lean on the Lord and say, I don't know, but you do. We talked about that a few weeks ago. We talked about trusting God, that it is not hard when I know what's going to happen. As a matter of fact, I love it. I'm a planner. I was thinking about, oh gosh, when Kaylee and I first got married, I'm not making this up. And I've changed, so you need to know I've changed. But we'd go to the store. We'd go to the grocery store. We'd have a list, of course, because it's me. We have a list. And she'd go and she'd be like, oh, shoot, I forgot we needed it. I'm like, it's not on the list. <laughs> Put it back. We'll get it next time. I'm serious. It wasn't because I was mad at Kaylee. It's because I didn't have room in my mind to venture off course of the plan. We'd be out. She'd be like, we need to go to the store. Oh, shoot, we're out. Oh, shoot, I got to stop by. We'll get it next time. <laughs> that wasn't part of the plan. So, okay, so that's, I, now listen. Listen. Some of you could afford to be more like that. Oh, yeah. 
I compromised and came more to your side. And now you need to compromise and come more to my side. And you know what? And you know what? Do you know what Kaylee and I did? So I totally got rid of my, you know, I'm, I'm much easier now. Now, sometimes if it's like, hey, can we go to HEB? And then we're out and we're like, oh, shoot, I need to go to the bank and the post office and Petco. And, the, and I'm like, you said it was just HEB. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. This turned in from a 20-minute to an hour and 20-minute trip. Sometimes I still get a little frustrated. But what came out of that was, was really good. I learned, how to, I learned how to go, okay, there's a plan. And then there's like, obviously, things that just unforeseen stuff. But she learned how to make a better plan, how to think about it ahead of time. That's good. So back on track. <laughs> the, peace with, the peace of God which passes understanding. Everybody say passes understanding. So that means that if you place your understanding on the altar, you'll make room for his peace, which doesn't make sense to come in. It'll guard your hearts and your minds. And you know what it'll guard your heart? In this context, it'll guard your hearts and minds against anxiety. It will guard your hearts and minds against going down that path you don't need to go down in your head. It's mostly in your thought life. The war is in your mind. The battlefield's right here between your ears. That's why, that's why Paul says in Romans 12 that we gotta be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He doesn't say be transformed by the renewing of your heart. You can't renew your heart. Only God can but you can renew your mind. That's why he says it. It's why it's so important. The battleground is right here. So you take your understanding, your need to know about tomorrow. You take your, your I have to, I have to, I'm preaching to myself here. You ask my wife, she won't give you any details because she loves me, but I was, I was a mess last night over just a bunch of stuff and this wallowing and this self-pity and jealousy and all this junk. And uh, yeah, your pastor's human too. And, uh, and I, it wasn't until I just took it all and I just went, Ugh. <laughs> and the fire from heaven came down <laughs> and burned it up. And I was like, oh, it's gone. But he, but he replaced it with his peace. I still have zero answers over the things I was worried about last night. I haven't gotten any, but I'm not worried about them. I was worried about them 12 hours ago. Now I still have no answers. I'm not worried about them. What's the difference? the absence of anxiety, my need for understanding. Just sacrifice it on the altar. It's, not, it's just like dignity is not a fruit of the Spirit, neither is understanding. It's just the way it is. All right, one more. Number six, and here's the application. Meditate on Paul's list of stuff. And we'll be guarding our mind against the things that are going to tempt us to have to understand or make sense of things to be anxious. Here's the list. Whatever things are true, this is verse 8, Philippians 4, verse 8. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and there's anything praiseworthy, meditate or spend your time thinking on these things. Fill your thought life with things that fit this description. If they don't fit this description, you are making room for anxiety. If they don't fit this description, you're making room for worry, distrust, lack of faith, all of those things that none of us want. He's given us the recipe right here. That's why I said it's simple, but it's tough. 
I promise you, I know I was just in it last night. It is so much easier to sit on your couch and wallow in your filth and just like, uh, 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 and just start saying it out loud. This is such and such, they're better than me, blah, blah, blah. I don't have this. I should have this. I hate it when this, I hate it when that. None of those things were any of these things on this list. A couple of my statements I made were true statements, but that's not why I said them. You understand the difference, right? You're like, Lord, it's true, it's true. And he's gonna be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you done? <laughs> okay, and you're gonna get to the next thing. I promise you, when you, met, when you do, when you meditate on what the Lord, through Paul, has instructed us to meditate on, the peace of God will come in and guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It's a promise. It works every time. So in closing, worship team, come up. Listen, if you find yourself, and I know, anxiety, fear, fear is anxiety's ugly cousin, right? They're related. These, these, things are, these things are terrible. They are crippling. You see it in yourself, you can see it in others. Be really careful about what you do when you see it in others. Just remember love, okay? But I promise you, while it may be easier in the flesh to be anxious, to worry, to be flustered, to, to embrace fear, it might be easier in the flesh. It's much more rewarding in the flesh and the spirit to not. To fill your mind with things that are lovely, true, praiseworthy, noble, just, those things, and to meditate on those things, than it is to let your mind wander and then be filled with anxiety. Trust the word of God. Trust everything that he said in his word. I didn't even read all the scriptures. There's so many scriptures that say, don't worry. Don't worry. Or experience God's peace. It's so much better. There's so many. It's in Colossians, and 1 Corinthians, it's in Ephesians, over and over and over. Don't worry, don't worry, just have peace, which means that it's possible. So I want you guys to stand with me as we close here. We're gonna have a time just in a few minutes. Um, Pastor Glenn, if, we have any, if there's any words to give, you can give those in a few minutes, words of knowledge. But specifically right now, I wanna do this. I wanna pray over anyone experiencing anxiety, fear, worry, whether you're experiencing it now or you're experiencing it you, you, like, hey, this is something I deal with every other day. I'm good today. No, you need prayer because the devil's just afraid. The devil's afraid of me. He's afraid of you too, right? But so, so of course you're gonna be feeling okay today because he's like, don't get rid of me. Don't get rid of me, but you need to get rid of him. I encourage you. What I wanna do is pray for you, but what you have to do is be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God so that the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard your heart and your, and your mind in Christ Jesus. You understand that, that this won't work if we're just like, Lord, take all my anxiety away because that's not how he said to do it. That's not how he said to do it. He said, you be anxious for nothing, bring everything to me in prayer with thanksgiving, and then, and you, gotta, and you have to meditate on the good. Does that make sense? So I'm going to pray. We're going to let God do his part, okay, which is great, but you have to do your part too. 
Okay, so if you're, if you're struggling with anxiety or, or if, if you want every ounce of worry, anxiety, and fear out of your life and you'd like, to, you'd like to have hands laid on you, you can come forward. If not, you can just stay where you're at and I'll pray over you there. And then after that, if we have any uh, specific words of knowledge, uh, we can release those. So Lord, right now, we cast our cares on you because you care for us. Lord, we're following and, me- and meeting the conditions that you laid out right here in this book of Philippians. We're bringing our, our requests to you, God. Lord, there's things we're worried about and we're not, we don't want to be worried about them anymore. So whatever they are, personally, you can just say them on your lips if you want or bring them across your mind and present them to God. Now, Lord, we're also thankful We're thankful in every circumstance. Thankful that you saved us, that you're always good. Lord, I thank you that we found Kaylee's diamond. I thank you, Lord, for the the wins. Thank you, Lord. Now, God, we ask for your peace, which passes our understanding to come in and guard our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus, Lord. And we ask, Lord, for the grace to be able to meditate on things that are good, lovely, pure, true, just, noble, praiseworthy, of good virtue. The things that Paul lists in Philippians 4, 8. Father, we want to fill our minds and be transformed as they are renewed. So we break off any spirit of anxiety that's attached to anyone. Any demon whose name is anxiety, fear, worry, leave in the name of Jesus. You have no foothold anymore as we have all collectively, individually, and corporately cast our cares on the Lord. We're bringing our worries as prayer and supplication so that the peace can come in. So no enemy of the Lord has a place or a foothold with anxiety, worry, and fear anymore. Believe in the name of Jesus. wisdom. Oftentimes we'll give words of knowledge on healing, but these are two words of wisdom and it's it's interesting. I didn't know what Pastor Nate was going to share today, but I woke up this morning asking the Holy Spirit what was on his heart for today and what are you thinking, Lord, about us and what are you doing today? And I felt like the Lord spoke in my heart, I, I'm making River in the Hills great today. And I was like, I had to process. What does that mean? Great. He he was putting it back in my heart. Scripture talks about uh, that we would be counted worthy in our responses to situations. That great would would our responses be when we lose a diamond or when things happen. That he's making us great before his eyes when we say yes to him. And so I, I believe he's doing that. He's strengthening us to, to, to cause our responses to be those of faith and not complaining, to be those of compassion. So the first word of wisdom I had is, I believe for, for many of us, is you are going to encounter people in your family or in your daily interactions that are going to be overwhelmed 
The Lord spoke in my heart a while back that someone was overwhelmed and he said, I want you to be compassionate toward them because they're overwhelmed. And I believe he was reminding me, speaking that in my heart today, when you're going to, when you come across people that are just, the Lord's going to give you compassion. Maybe you're even someone right now in your life, maybe a relative or whatnot. Be compassionate. The second word I have, and it's really a, a faith on my heart, I want to pray for people who have lost stuff. I want to pray for you. There's something that you're wanting to find. I love that because God gave you a picture under the seat. I want to pray for an increase of revelation. And and it may not just be a a diamond, a thing, but it could be a relationship, a lost relationship that God wants to recover. I had that something happen this week where it looked like it was all lost and the Lord said, do this. And I did it and it was just amazing how that, that relationship got restored. So number one prayer just for whoever this is for is for compassion when we come across someone that is overwhelmed that you can release peace to. And then for, for relationships lost that can be found or actual things that are that are lost for revelation. So if that's if that's for anyone here, I just let's come before the Lord. Father, we just want to obey you and respond to you. And we thank you for this now word. Thank you for this congregation that is becoming more and more growing in humility as the word went forth today. That is growing in our greatness before you. I ask, Lord, for just just open your hands, if you would, for a release of compassion and understanding when people around us, and just like we are, broken in so many ways, when those around us are are finding their way and they're in a fog, and they just just need compassion. They don't need a lecture. (laughs) They need a hug. They need patience. They need a word from you. So would you fill us now with your shalom peace that we could release it. And Lord, for those who've lost some things, those, Lord, those, those who are looking, they've, they've lost something, whether it's material or emotional or relational. Lord, I ask that the dreams that were lost would be found. That you would even now, if someone's looking for something, or even this week as they go forward, they'll take the the power of this testimony that Pastor Nate shared and they'll stop and ask you, Lord, show me. I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you to be stirred up by the language of your spirit to teach us, to show us. We just say, Holy Spirit, help me with this. Lord, maybe you will. Maybe, maybe you won't, but, but Lord, we just, we just have not because we ask not. <laughs> so Lord, we just t- take this. We respond in faith to this and say, oh, not, don't just say, oh, that's great for Nate. Yay. But we take it and we say, I want to be like that. I want to respond in that way. So Father, I declare by faith things lost to be found. Relationships that have been lost or damaged be restored 
Would you give us wisdom? An obedient heart.